Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of My Naked Mindset. I'm your host, Janae Ledger. Thank you for being here. This is episode number 55. I have a very amazing episode for you guys today. I hope you enjoy this extremely powerful story about one of my very good friends. It's a little bit on the heavier side, um, but if you're going through maybe this situation, obviously you probably saw the title of this episode, but you know, if you're going through this or know someone that is going through this, I highly recommend sharing this episode with them. Obviously, we want to be spreading awareness about this topic and making people more aware of it as well as you know, making sure that other people know that they are not alone, men and women. And my guest is going to explain all of her stories and experiences she went through. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Without further ado, here it is. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for being here today. I am sitting down with my bestie. She is a mom of two, dog mom, wife, all of the things. She is an incredibly strong woman. She's honestly one of the kindest people I know. Everyone, please welcome to the show, Jen. Hello. Thank you for having me on here. I'm so honored. I'm so excited to talk with you. And yeah, I'm excited to be here. Good. I'm so glad you're here. I've been wanting to podcast with you and we finally decided this amazing topic or topics, I should say, and I'm just so excited to just chat and spread awareness and really just share your story because it's so powerful. So I always like to start out with how me and Jen met. So I will share my version and then you can please add whatever or maybe share your story, like your part of it. Um, Okay, so me and Jen, it was in like the eighth grade. Um, We went to, so we lived like a couple towns away from each other and we went to a tech high school and so basically our middle schools would like allow you to go there over the summer and like take classes and kind of decide like what you're interested in and so me and Jen were in like the cabinet making um shop (laughs) and I don't even remember what we like talked about but we were in the shop together and we just started chatting and I was like this girl is so fucking cool. Like I literally thought you were the coolest kid. And then I remember we added each other on MySpace, and like, we just became so close. And then we end up going to the same high school, which I mean, just memory lane. (laughs) I honestly think it came about like, oh, what's your name? My name's Janae. I was like, no shit. My name's Jen. Yes. That was kind of it. Like we're like, ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're so right. I do remember. (laughs) no way let's be friends (laughs) so funny but remember being friends on myspace i i can't even it feels like it was like i mean it was literally a decade ago but it feels like it was like a million years ago it's true like myspace i feel like still to this day like myspace was my jam like when facebook came out and everyone was leaving i was like all right all my friends are leaving to facebook to facebook and i'm like no i loved my songs and then the top friends those were always like a drama session oh yeah yeah, we could go without that one but yeah (laughs) the music on your page I remember I would change that all the time oh yes and then like you could change like the background and do all this crazy html I mean that's how I literally learned html not that I use it now but 
Mm-hmm. It was so much fun. The good old days. Old days, man. So crazy. So different. <laughs> it really is. It blows my mind. But yeah, so me and Jen go way back, probably like 15, 16 years ago. Like it was forever ago. Mm-hmm. So we are going to be talking about a lot of different topics today. Like I said, Jen is a Jen is a mom of two boys. They are amazing. Um, so we're kind of going to be talking about becoming a mom. We're going to be talking about infertility, miscarriages, and just all the experiences Jen has been through with becoming a mom and just all of the things, because I obviously am not a mom and I do want to be a mom someday, but you know, she has so much amazing experience and stories, you know, that are obviously a very hard situation to go through, but she's here and going to like tell you guys because so many people go through this and I feel like we were talking before we started recording about how many people have been through these hardships and they're not they just kind of don't talk about it and it's sad because so many people go through it that we should be spreading awareness about it because you're not alone right exactly um so I think the first thing is I want you to share with everyone about how you met your husband Tim So, oh my gosh, you know, it's funny when you look back and think about it. And so, yeah, we met back in 2013 um, and I, I met him on match. And it's so funny to think about that because I'm like, you know, and it's funny because we've talked about it. We were like, I wonder what match is like nowadays, if that's even still around, I don't even know, but we're like, how funny would it be to like, it sounds horrible, but like create like a fake thing and just see what's out there and like, you know, cause we're, yeah, it's, it's been a long time. So yeah, we met in 2013, um, on match. And then quickly after that, um, we got engaged shortly after dating for a year. Uh, so 2014, and then we found out we were pregnant shortly after that. Um, and then, so it's a mouthful. Um, we moved in, um, or at that time we, we were living with his parents because my situation at that time wasn't the greatest. Um, so his family kindly took me in. Um, and then, yeah, once we found out we were pregnant, we got a house. Um, so all of the renovations, we gutted the whole bathroom, the kitchen, everything while pregnant. Um, we had our son in June of 2015, um, and then we were wedding planning after, after that, we got married in August of 17. Um, and then we did a, a honeymoon in January of 18. And that's when we started talking about, you know, we really want a bigger family. Uh, we want more kids. And so that can kind of, I can go in the direction of, it's funny. It's such a mouthful because we've gone through two traumatic. We have both of our boys. The birth stories were drastically different, but super uh-huh. traumatic. Um, and then we've gone through three miscarriages, um, all drastically different as well. Um, so yeah, we can kind of get into, into that. Um, when we had our son, our first son, I, it's funny. I got induced because of possible high blood pressure. 
So everything was fine. I was in labor for about like two or three days. Yeah, it was long. It I was remember long. how long it was. I was like, is she okay? Is everything all right? Like, honestly, oh, that's so long. I know. And I feel like when you're in labor for that long, like you start getting delusional, you're tired, you're hungry, like all the things. And right. um, so then he was born. And at that time, when he was out, I'm just like, and this is from what I hear from my husband. Um, I kind of like blacked out and he, I guess I was losing so much blood at that time and they had to call in the crash cart. Um, and at, like, it's funny. Cause I look back at it. I'm like, I don't even remember any of that because I was just so tired. And I was just right. like, I hear, here, I can hear him. He's fine. But like at that time I was just losing so much blood. I remember right when they called for the crash cart, they had the whole team in, um, and then they were luckily able to stop the clot, the bleeding, um, mm -hmm. and I was able to clot and then I was fine, but like, I had to get two bags of blood. Um, so it was very scary. Like when you actually look back and talk about it and we still right. talk about it to this day. Um, and it's funny, like since we've been together our whole life, we like, we kind of laugh about it and joke about it, how mm -hmm. everything that we've gone through, it's so much and it's right. so heavy and, and all, all the ways of, you know, between birth stories and the infertility miscarriages and just daily, daily things of it's pretty wild. Everything that you go through as a couple and right. You know, no. almost nine years we're just like holy moly like that was a lot and but you guys um, but I feel like at as hard as all of these situations were I feel like you guys are such a strong couple because you've literally been through the fucking ringer like he literally <laughs> like he yeah it's it's so true like he has we've both seen everything right heard everything it's you know parenthood and just the whole journey is just so wild when you really think about it and um but yeah so after I had um Bradley is our first son and after we had Bradley um yeah everything was good and after we, we were like you know what we should start trying for another baby after you know let's get through the wedding and that was hard because I was having such baby fever because at that time yeah. Bradley was two and I'm like, I'm so cute. And your wedding, I mean, oh. everyone, I was in her wedding and when I saw him, he was like, his little outfit was the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, he, oh my gosh. He is our wild child. Like the day he was literally when he was born, like it's he's kept us on our toes. Yes. <laughs> For he's sure. Awesome. He's so funny. He is. Um, what was I? So yeah, oh. so like we have to get through the wedding and then right. so we got married in August of 17 and then our honeymoon was planned for January. So I remember we started trying on our honeymoon and it's funny because you think about it, you're like, shouldn't it be that hard, right? Like we had right. Brad, he, he was a huge surprise. We weren't planning that. And, um, we didn't think it would take us long. And then like six months come into it and we're like, all right, like, it's a strange, like we're not, you know, we're in our mid twenties and right. I feel like we're pretty healthy. 
um, for the most part. And so I remember I reached out to my, my OB and I was like, Hey, like it's been six months. And, um, and he was like, you know, it typically can take up to a year for a healthy couple. Like you guys are in your mid twenties. You, the fact that you had have a child already, um, I'm not too concerned yet. So we gave it that full year. Right. Like, all right, listen, like, I feel like something's wrong. Like we had Bradley, no problem. It's been at this point, I think he was like four or five years old. Mm -hmm. and um we're worried about the age gap of like when we do have another I'm like you know we're getting older he's getting older like you want to have you dream of that bond of being close in age and right it's frustrating um so I remember he was like all right well there's a few things you have to start off with and so once you've been trying for a year, they initially typically want you to get, you know, normal blood work. Um, so mm-hmm. I got blood work and I, I think Tim got blood work as well. Um, and then they have the woman go for an HSG test, which is, and I can go in as far as you want me yeah. to. Um, so I remember you have it scheduled as like a small procedure. You go in, you gown up and they insert, you lay on a table and it's kind of like an x-ray, but they insert like a Foley into your uterus, I would say. And uh, don't correct me on like terms. I I don't know the exact terms, but um, so I just remember he was like, you know, it's going to be a little bit of pressure, but what it's going to do is it's going to push this fluid in and it's going to show us on the x-ray if you have any kind of blockage um that's preventing you to get pregnant so it should push it through and clear it out so and you can you would find out that day if there was any issues Mm -hmm. nope so every everything looks good like and i think it can tell if your uterus is like tilted as well it kind of shows you where the fluid goes right Um, and I just remember him saying like, you know, everything looks great. Your blood works great so far. So good. Right. Yeah. So then, um, I remember Tim was like, I feel like I should take a test. Cause I'm, well, I do know there's tests at like your CVS and Walgreens and Rite Aid of at home sperm test. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we talked about it and he was like, I feel like it's me, Jen. It's me. It's not you. I feel like it's me. And I'm like, no, no. Like you go back and forth. I'm like, no, it's no, me, it's not you, blah, blah, blah. Right. And that's a hard conversation to have. Cause it's like, it's hard. you're it's trying like- to take the pressure off him, but like, that's going to be a hard, like juggling act of like, you don't want to make them feel bad. And like, obviously they're trying to make you not feel bad. And exactly. And then you always have people outside of your relationship of like, Hey, you know, Brad, at least five, like, when are you guys going to try? And people don't so know. Frustrating. It's so insane. It, it, it's hard because it's not their fault. They're just genuinely right. asking you like, you right. know, so it's like, you can't get mad at for just asking like, but it, it is, it's hard. Cause like the frustration of trying for so long, you're like, what's happening. What's wrong with me? Um, all these things. So and you also don't know like what someone's going through. So like when people do ask you that, you know, they, they are not aware, but at the same time, it's almost like asking a woman if she's pregnant, if she has a belly, you know what I mean? Like, and that, that's in my opinion, like, I just think it's like, 
how about you just let us do our thing? You know, obviously if it's not like someone really close, if it's some random stranger, it's like, come on, you know? Oh, no, I totally get it. It's such a, such a hard thing because like I said, you can't get mad at them for asking, but also you shouldn't really be asking (laughs) if it's (laughs) It's all in in the tone and how you ask, I guess. Right. Very true. um, But I remember like, so we briefly talked about it. Um, cause we knew that that was going to have to be the next step anyway. Right. Um, but we we're just kind of dancing around it, I guess. Um, so then I remember, I think I was dropping Bradley off at like daycare or something. And then I get a text message from Tim and he's like, Hey, it's me. I knew it was me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he mm-hmm. goes, I picked up, I guess he left early that morning and went to get a test. And, um, so he did the at home test. And with that, obviously it's like a pregnancy test. It doesn't tell you like how far, well, I guess some of them nowadays, like nowadays, um, tell you how far, Mm. um, but it just, I'm pretty sure the sperm tests just show like, cause maybe it's like high or low or something. Exactly. And it just showed very, you know, very low. So that's when I think we called the doctor that we were working with at that time. And we told him, um, you know, we did that at home test. It showed very low, like what's our, what's our next step. Mm-hmm. So he was like, so I, you need a referral. And I'm pretty sure he had to talk with his doctor at that time, get a referral to a urologist. Mm. So I remember we drove like 45 minutes away. Um, and he did the test in the building. And then I think we, yeah, we got a phone call that night from ROB saying he received the results. Um, and it's funny. So when they look at a sperm analysis, there's three things that you look for, and I don't know the exact terms, but they want to see how many there is in that sample. Mm -hmm. Um, if there's any like defected ones, um, how fast they're swimming, not Mm -hmm. swimming fast at all. Um, and ours was literally like all three. Um, Cause I want to say, um, I think typically a male should have at least 15 million sperm. Like, you know, when they do the test, um, you should have at least 15 million and ours only showed a, I think a couple thousand, if that, um, so our levels were very low. Um, and then ours, it definitely showed not swimming fast at all. Um, and in the end, we only had a couple good ones. So we were just, we were happy to know what Mm. was going on and like why it wasn't happening. Um, but it was just hard. It was hard. Like, oh man, like, what do we do? Like, is this, do we just one and done family, you know? And so then we started, I remember we started talking about adoption and fostering and, Um, I remember we were at like a craft fair one day, um, on the weekend and there was a table set up for foster care and we went over there and we talked with them and we're like, we weren't against it at all, but you still have that grief and that sadness of like, you know, like that dream of having like four or five kids. Like we wanted a big family, like since we met and, so you have to deal with that reality of like, you know what, this could be it, this, you know, that's it. Yeah, totally. So, um, I 
think so it was like a year and a half oh yeah so he we found we found all these things on Amazon um to help like up the sperm um I remember I was taking like a conception thing um as well just to like give us that extra boost I guess um and they were highly rated on Amazon um I don't even know pills right it was yeah I don't even know if they're still on there, but um, there, he was taking three different ones, one for the motility, morphology, and for the count of the sperm. So he was taking okay. all three of them. And it's funny because like, so we're at that point, we were like a year, year and a half into that, um, which may not seem like a very long time, but like it really started. It. To, oh yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, because we're dealing with, you know, toddler slash kid at that point and then you know the stress of so my husband owns his own business so the stress of that mm-hmm. um and just the fact that it wasn't happening and it starts right. we start you know bickering like I don't, I don't know it just gets very frustrating all around and oh, for sure that's a lot to put on you guys for sure mm-hmm. when you it, want it so bad it's like what the heck I know. And so I think he was taking that medicine, all three of those. And I was taking something for like, I think we were like two or three months into it. And no one ever really talks about like the hormone changes and like the testosterone, like he was getting angry. He was getting like, he, he wasn't how he used to be. And I, I know I was going through a lot too. And, but so we hit that breaking point of you know, maybe we should just stop. Like this mm. is just, cause then you start thinking about like, all right, so I'm ovulating at this time and we need to have yeah. sex, this, 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 and it becomes so scheduled yes. and frustrating. And like, you got to make sure you like, you put your legs up and you do this and you like all these different angles and things, all these myths that like people tell you to do. Right. Yeah. And at that point, it just becomes more stressful than fun, you know? Fun, right, right. No, because <laughs> you're doing it to get the job done, meaning like try to have a baby, not just like, oh, let's have sex because it, we're like, in the- like, yeah. it doesn't become like the romance is kind of gone. Like it right. just seems more, like you said, like a job. And so it was For just sure. no. all around just frustrating and stressful. And so, he stopped taking them and we're just like, you know what, if it happens, it happens. We got to live our life. Um, if we want to talk about fostering and adoption, we'll get there when we're ready. So, um, and then I think a couple months in it, you know, it's funny. The one thing I've always hated when people would say like, just relax, it'll happen, just relax. But you know what? and this isn't the case for everyone. This really is not the case for everyone. Um, cause some people it takes four years, five years to have a baby and some people can't have a child at all. And, right. um, but it's true. So we stopped, we stopped tr- trying and we just relaxed and lived our, you know, our daily, our daily life. Um, and I think like two or three months after that, I became pregnant and, I think at that point it was like, oh gosh, I think it was May, May of 2018 or nine. Yeah. 19. And, um, 
so once I, I was like, you know, I'm not feeling so well, I'm feeling kind of nauseous. And it's funny. Cause it's been so long since the last time that I was pregnant. I'm like, I forget like, and right. it's funny because like, you know, your period cramps and, um, pregnancy, everything is so similar. I kid you not is so mm-hmm. similar. You're like, is this period cramping or is this like, pregnancy. is yeah. And so I took a test and I remember the line was there, but it was so faint. It was so faint, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure I see the line. Right. Cause even if it's faint, it's usually a yes. Yeah. It just depends on how your HCG levels are. Like you could be very early in the pregnant, like super early. Um, it really depends on how far along you really are. Um, so I remember I picked up a onesie, I got the test and I told I sat my husband down on the couch and I was like, close your eyes. I have something for you. Oh. And I think it was close to father's day, maybe like a week or two before, but either way. Um, so I had him hold his hands out and I put the onesie and then I put the pregnancy test on top and I was like, we're pregnant. And he was like, no. And I just, we both started crying and we we're just so excited that like a year and a half, like it's it happened, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I remember like a couple of days after that, I started having spotting cramping and I was like, Oh gosh, like, no, <laughs> like the defeat of like that happening, um, after right. trying and, you know, so I remember I had to go get blood work and then they want to typically see, or they do want to see your, um, HCG levels double every, oh gosh, 24 or 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, And it, it drastic, like my levels were so low when they checked it. Um, and then they were like, you know what, just come back in. And yeah, I think it was two days, um, come back in in two days and we'll test you again. And by then, like my levels were almost back to zero. So the miscarriage was caught super early. Um, so then I think after that, we were like, you know what, like it happened, you know, it happened and that's, that's a huge thing. And even our doctor said too, like, he was like the fact that it happened, like that, that's a good thing. So, um, you know what, we just have to relax and here we go again. (laughs) Yeah. So then we became pregnant again, three months after that. So August, um, of 2019. And I was like, oh gosh, like, here we go again. And you want to feel so excited and all these things. But like, once you go through that, you're so afraid that it's going to happen again. So it's, it's hard to get excited. So here we go again, we were getting blood work every two days, um, for a couple of weeks, but they were rising, they were doubling, they were doing everything they should have. And we're like, all right, like this may be it. This is so exciting. So yeah, we, we made it. And, um, and then COVID happened, <laughs> like COVID became oh. a thing and we we're like, oh gosh, like what's going to happen? Cause this is when they, uh, I think, yeah, COVID happened in like March, February, March. March yep. And he was supposed to be due in April. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I remember okay. this. Yeah. And I remember being so frustrated of like, all right, we finally have this hopefully healthy baby and am I going to be alone? Am I going to have a husband there? Like, am I going to have to do this all by myself? And especially the fact that I, you know, 
I bled so much with my first one. Right. The doctors were aware of that and they had blood ready to go and they had all the tools so that wouldn't hopefully happen again. Um, and so by that time, so Levi is our second one and he, I, so they do this antibody test at like 20 weeks pregnant. And then I think they do it again a little bit after that. So the first time, like it was fine, everything came back normal. And then I got a phone call from another doctor that we were working with for this one. And she goes, so you tested positive for this antibody. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Like, what do we do? And just, I knew nothing about it. Right. And so I still, at that point, don't really think I understood. Uh, but she said, you know, as long as your blood levels don't go past the number eight, right? Mm-hmm. She was like, as long as it doesn't rise to eight, then you're good. But we're going to have to have your blood work checked every other week. So I was like, okay. So I was doing it and it was fine. And I think I made it up to 37 weeks. Um, and I got my blood work that day. And I remember I was at lunch, um, with my husband at work and I got the phone call and she goes, Hey, so your levels are rising. They're not quite at eight, but they're at like six or something. So this is drastically different than your previous times. So I was like, Oh gosh. So she was like, you know what? I come back and we'll test you again next week and we'll take it from there. Right. So actually, I apologize. I think I was like 35 or 36 weeks when I found that out. Um, and then when I went back, it actually dropped, it went down. So we we're like, oh, okay, like that's great. So then we went the next week after that, and she goes, All right, so it's at an eight. And I was like, So what does this mean? <laughs> what do we do? And um she was like, and I will never, I will never forget this. She goes, you're going to have to come in right now because that baby is safer out than in. And I, was, <gasps> I just got chill. Yeah. And I, oh. that to this day, like you, you don't forget something like that. Oh, for sure. That's terrifying. And I was like, how did I even have this thing? Because I don't remember going through mm-hmm. this with, with Bradley. Yep. And um, so they, to this day are thinking that I must've gotten it from that blood transfusion. One of the transfusions that I got. Um, horrible. So it's crazy. Like you, I never had this until I, you know, I had that blood transfusion. So, and, um, so I remember going in and, um, I was like, all right, like we're having this baby, (laughs) we're having this baby today. Like, um, cause I guess what it does is the antibody is like, it attacks, Oh yeah. Cause she told me this. she was like, it attacks the baby because it sees it as a foreign object. And I'm like, this is just so wild. And you don't forget terms like that. Um, yeah. So yeah. So we went in, I think it was around like four or five o'clock that night. Um, I was in labor for like a day and a half. we went in on April 24th and I had him at three o'clock in the morning on the 26th. So mm. He arrived, I had him and I was just like, so happy that he was breathing. He was crying a little bit and he was fine. And he was there. And then they take the baby, um, like the whole labor and the birth was just 
as perfect as it could be. Like it was just it oh. went smooth and it went so great and I didn't have any bleeding and it was just it very was different perfect. than very expensive. different. Um but, I, I always feel like everyone asks this, but do you think it was as in like the labor process easier because the first one is like obviously, you know, it's a new thing happening. Second one, I don't know, I've always heard like it's quote unquote easier because the canal is like open. Yeah it's called I don't know yeah no it definitely it definitely was a lot easier I think what the traumatic thing yeah and it's funny because me and Tim have talked about it the most traumatic thing of it um was seeing the blood during labor like when I was laboring um like when my cervix was opening more and more um Mm -hmm. like there was one point where I got out of the tub and I wanted to go on the bouncy ball thing and um I remember looking down and I saw blood like down my leg and it just very reminiscent to the miscarriages and all this. So that for me was the most traumatic part, um, was just seeing the blood again. Um, right. No, that's totally understandable, but no, yeah, it was, it was beautiful. Like the labor, the birth, everything was just, it, it definitely, yeah, it was easier. Um, and then I remember, so he was born at like three in the morning and they take the baby away to do like, you know, the weight, the height to make sure like everything's fine. Uh So I'm sitting there in the room and I'm like, I think Tim got called in or just walked away with them. And I was like, all right, this is taking a while. Like, I really don't remember it taking this long. Right. You're like, I just had my baby. I want to see him. I can't imagine that. Oh, and so I think it, cause I had my phone right next to me. Um, and I'm like, all right, it's been like 30 or 40 minutes. I'm like, something's wrong. I'm like, what is, what is going on? So I remember Tim texted me and he was like, he's having a hard time breathing. So he sent me pictures. Um, and it, it's funny cause with the pictures, you can see the live. So I remember like holding it down and looking at his chest and I'm like, his chest kept caving in. Hmm. And then he kept telling the nurses and the doctors, like, can someone please just like, go tell my wife, like what's going on? Like you just took the baby away and no one's in there and she has no idea what's going on. So finally someone came in and they said, you know, his right lung had collapsed. Um, and they think it's because I pushed too quick. Um, and I, which I didn't even know that that was a thing (laughs) neither, to be honest with you. Wow. So yeah. So, and like I said, this is all during COVID, um, which I didn't even, I missed, I skipped this part. Um, I was able to have Tim in the room with me, but he Thank couldn't God. leave. He couldn't leave at all, which I'm like, hell I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah. fine. As long as I have someone here, yes. I'm fine. The fact that the fact that that was even a thought in someone's head, Oh, you can't have your husband, significant other, whatever there with you is mind blowing. And you had to wear a mask too. Right when you gave birth yeah and that was a that also oh fucking, you're gonna make a woman push out something out of her vagina that's gonna hurt like a bitch and you're gonna make her wear a fucking mask sorry Ooh. for any mask people out there i don't thing. care that's fucking ridiculous yeah I like can't. i understand to a point but i'm like i oh. don't have a fever i'm not coughing like I- i'm i feel I'm like that's fine <laughs> That's like the, one of the most important things I hear is like the breathing and like the, pu- obviously the pushing, but it's like, I forget what it's called, but my mom is always like, oh, it's the, 
I don't know. I don't know the word. But like the breathing is so important. Like when you're oh, pushing, it is. It's so important. And a mask on someone. Luckily, yeah. we had a really good nurse. Um, and she worked both shifts that because she worked three to eleven. So she was there when we got in, and then mm-hmm. she was there the next day. Right. Um, and she was like, honey, you can pull the mask down. It's, it's okay. Like, oh God. Well, yeah. And even the doctors like, cause they want to see you, your face and right. you, cause the mask thing that's so at that point we were only a month into COVID. So like it was right. so new and so scary and very true. Yeah. not seeing all these comforting faces while you're going through such a huge thing in your life. And definitely, yeah. Um, so I remember, and at that point, COVID was, it was so strict in the hospital, all the rules, right? Um, no visitors, right? No. And they were like, so we have to transport your baby to a different hospital and you can't go. I'm like, you remember this part. Whoa. I'm like, So (laughs) I'm like, I just labored for two days. I had my son and now you have to take him away from me. And it's funny because you, you think about like, when you have a baby, that's your baby. Like you become full mama bear. And I'm like, well, what if something happens along the, like my child is not breathing. Like, and he has this, the tube, he has the thing in his nose. He has they had IVs in him, had the heart monitor on that, like he, and I went through that with, with Bradley. So right. seeing all that was so scary. And I'm like, and you, you tend to kind of think the worst of like, well, what if something happens along the way? I'm not there. Yeah, right. I'm not there. And it was just, and then Tim's in the room and we're all just crying. And so we get transported into this other room and they're like, you can, while well, he was all, um, strapped to all the monitors and everything. They were like, well, you can hold him real quick, but you know, have a couple minutes and then we're going to have to take him. So oh. I just remember sitting in that room and just cr- like my mask was soaked, like oh. completely soaked in <laughs> boogers and, oh. <laughs> and tears and everything. And we were just so, we were in a room full of like 15, you know, nurses and doctors and EMTs and paramedics and, um, the pediatrician and like everyone was in there and we were their first case of like something going wrong during COVID where they, they didn't know what to do. And they're just trying to follow the rules. And, um, you could just see in everyone's eyes of like, I'm so sorry, this shouldn't be happening, but we, this is what we have to do. And these are the rules, you know? So um settling oh it was it's still to this day like it gets better it gets easier to to think about it day by day but um when you look back at it it's just such a wild thing um definitely so because I just remember they're like all right like it's time to go we gotta we gotta bring him and I'm like okay and they I will never forget how cold-shouldered and alone, I felt in that moment, because they pretty much told me, you know, go back to your room and pump, because we need milk for your child. Oh my so God. that I've just never felt so alone. So it, it was just the most awful experience of like, all right, go back to your room and 
and pump because we need that milk for your for your baby and I'm just like I just felt like kind of like a cow or something oh no, like, that's horrible it was it's just like dehumanizing yeah, it is because you you just gave birth to a baby and you're going through so much on your own um absolutely and so I just remember I remember them saying like all right, so your husband can go, but you have to stay. And I'm like, this doesn't, none of it made any sense at all. Mm. And it still, you know, makes me mad and angry and all, all the things. Um, Definitely. And so I remember at that point, they took him at like seven in the morning. Um, it was a couple hours because they had him all hooked up and all that stuff. Um, and then I was like, I just want to get out of here. I like, I'm all alone. I want my mom. I want, I want someone here. And they're like, you can't have anyone. I was like, listen, like you just took my child. I need someone. I like, I can't sit in this room by myself with all these emotions. And cause your milk doesn't even come typically it can take like a day or two to even come in. Mm. So I was just frustrated and like, well, what if I can't, what if I can't even get any out? And so I remember she was like, you know what? call your mom and your mom can come in and stay with you. So I remember I called her and I just, she walked in and I was just curled up in a ball in the bed. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I just want my baby. Like, what if something's wrong? Like, um, so I remember someone coming in, they were like, you know what? Like you can leave. Like like I said, it doesn't even make sense. I remember they, they were like, if you want to see your baby, you have to actually be like, you have to leave the hospital. Um, we can't just transport you. So I remember I was like, you know what? Fine. Sign me out. <laughs> sign Fine. me out. And I'm going to go see him tomorrow. Cause that was the thing you could only have one visit. So Levi could only have one visitor. So like if Tim was there, I couldn't go. Hmm. So, so I went home that day. Like I, I gave birth <laughs> left that night went to my house. And then the next morning I waddled my butt (laughs) into that hospital. And I went, he was in the NICU and he was just so tiny. And I finally was able to meet him. And it's just so crazy. Like when you think about it, like, and I remember I tried to, cause with my firstborn, I was only able to nurse him for like a month a month and a half, if that, and it just wasn't working. Um, it was frustrating. It was emotional. Um, and then when I had Levi, I walked into that NICU and they had the formula that they were giving him right there. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try. Like, I'm even though I didn't have that skin to skin, I'm like, I'm going to try. So I remember picking him up and it worked and (laughs) He, he nursed for a year and it's just, it's crazy. That's amazing. You think about all these things of like all the infertility and miscarriages. And then, um, after we had Levi, we wanted one more, <laughs> wanted one more. And we, so we had one miscarriage again in May and then we got pregnant again, um, it was in August again, like it always seems to be May or August, Mm -hmm. um, that it happens. And we made it. And I know this is so much, so much information that I'm getting to. This is so Um, cool. I'm sure other people will listen and really be able to relate. So such a wild journey. Um, 
so yeah, so then we got pregnant again in August and this time we made it pretty far. Like we had the ultrasounds, um, everything was growing. My levels were rising, but they weren't doubling. So they were like, you know, let's get you in for an ultrasound. And they, they could see the yolk sac. Um, and then the other thing, I can't think of it, but there was no, there was no fetus yet, no heartbeat yet, but it was still early. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that my levels were rising, they weren't too concerned yet. Like Cause they want it to be d- at least doubling. Right. Mine was close, but it wasn't quite there. Um, and then I th- think around, so got pregnant in August and then November, they were like, you know what? Like you should have something, you should have a heartbeat by now. And so at that point, like here I was like August, September, October, November. And so long story short, we went through multiple, um, I was getting blood work done every other day for like weeks, um, in ultrasounds. And then the doctor at that time, I had a different doctor and he was like, you know what? Like, I think you're, you know, there's two options. You can either take the pill to help you miscarry in your own home, or you can come in and we can do a DNC and surgery because at this point you don't want infection to start. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was like, oh, man, like, I don't really know if I want to go through this at home. It's that right. is especially with like, you know, the heavy bleeding, um, that I had with my firstborn. And so I was asking a lot of questions, like, you know, I, I don't know what to do. I've never gone through this before. Um, and he, I think, yeah, so we decided on doing the DNC. So we had that scheduled and I was like, listen, like, I just want to get through Thanksgiving with my family. Cause at that point, like it was Thanksgiving was going to be like the next week. And I was like, I just want to get through, um, that week and then we'll schedule it. So I remember it was scheduled for December 3rd. Um, but it was such a, a wild thing because you're pregnant for like four months, but nothing was really even developing, if that makes sense. So it was like, all right, let's get you in for another ultrasound, but we're not sure if it was just such a mind game. Um, so we had, I had the surgery of in December. Um, and it's just wild because you, you go in and I was in the OR, which I've never been in an OR before. So you see all the lights and you see, you know, all the medicine, um, that they're giving you through your IV to help you relax. And, um, you're just, your legs are up on this table and you have a team full of people and then you wake up and it's, it's over, it's gone. And it's just, it's so crazy how drastic and different everything that your body can go through. And absolutely. Like, I remember, Cause usually when you have a baby in the hospital, you like, you want to go down to the gift shop and like pick out some cute little things or like your family brings you all these cute little knickknacks and whatnot. And I remember getting up, going to recovery and then walking past the gift shop. And I'm like, this is just so hard. Like you're leaving the hospital without a baby. And, um, it's just a lot. lot. (laughs) So it wasn't like a surgery. You were asleep during that. Yeah. So they put you to sleep. And that's wow. the other thing is I've never, the only time I was put to sleep was for my wisdom teeth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, I am so scared. Like, what that's if something scary. goes wrong? Like you have no idea how you're going to feel after. And, um, luckily, cause we were 
obviously still dealing with COVID in December um, during the winter season. And so he was, my, uh, Tim was able to come with me he sat in the waiting room. And I just remember like crying and crying, like before the surgery, like, can my husband just come back here and stay with me until I have to go in the room? Like I'm just all alone. And, um, so she was like, yeah, he, you know, he can come in. So Mm. he was able to sit with me until I had to go back to the OR. Um, but yeah. And then I think I had light bleeding for like a week or I mean a week. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say like a week. Um, but it's the weirdest thing because like they say after each pregnancy, your belly begins to show quicker than the first time, the second time. And it's like, I had a little something there and then you wake up and it's, it's gone. And you're, it's just such a weird, that's, weird thing. That's so tough. I, I, I truly can't even fathom. Like you guys have been through so much and like, truly you guys are one of the strongest couples that I know truly like you guys are a power couple like 100% I mean obviously I'm sure you guys have your days but unbelievable the amount of stuff the experiences the trauma the pain and I know and it's I feel like the thing that has helped me the most is like, and it's funny because me and Tim are so different, so different, but it, it clicks, I guess. Um, he, I, I don't really have like, none of my friends are pregnant or, you know, going through kind of what I've gone through, mm-hmm. but his, so it's funny. Cause Tim is five years older. So like all of his friends, have gone through that and dealt with that. But typically as a man, you feel like you can't talk about it. So like he has struggled with like, you know, I feel alone because even though your body went through that and you went through all that, I feel it in a way too. Right. So, and that's, that's the other thing is like, you try to talk about like, like I said, what's helped me is, you know, I, I probably shouldn't use Instagram as like a platform type thing. Oh, but like it right. helps like writing it down. And like, you know, when we went through that recent miscarriage with the surgery, I remember I wrote about it and that night I had like four, four or six emails or not emails, but like messages of um, like, Hey, we've been trying for four years and you know, reading this makes me feel not so alone. And so it's nice. It's sad, but it's nice to have that community of women talking about it and helping each other of like, Hey, what helps you? Or, you know, it's just really, because Tim would say otherwise, he's like, you shouldn't be like blabbing about all of your issues and all that stuff. But for me, it helps me because I've had people reach out and and you Same can keep so. contact, right? And just like talk about it. And and like you were saying, now you don't feel alone and you're reaching out to people and they're reaching out to you being like, hey, you know, I'm going through this too. And they probably felt alone too. And when you posted that, they like felt comfortable enough to, to reach out, which I think is amazing. And so I, I mean, I th- I'm all for it. Whatever you have to do to make yourself like feel better or feel just like a little bit 
you know, like better and, and I don't even know the right word I'm trying to look for, but just comforted kind of, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, exactly. and that is a good way to um, relieve stress and, and stuff is writing, like, or typing, really, same thing, but it's really helpful. It is. Like, I don't really, I used to have a journal and I used to write in it all the time, but I'm like, I don't know, for some reason, I'm more of a typer. Like, I like to yeah. you know, grab the laptop and just type out. And it's true. Like, you have, you learn like I've had women reach out to me and I'm like, I would have never thought that they're struggling too. And I would have right. never thought that, you know, it's like I said, as sad as it is, it's nice to have that community of, cause I still keep in touch with, you know, certain few people where I'm like, Hey, how are you doing? And, yeah. um, thinking of you today and just like all these little things of, like I said, not feeling so alone and having Absolutely. people to talk to about it. And, but it does make me sad that I wish, because um, I just started going to therapy this year, which has been fantastic. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> fantastic. It's amazing. Oh, my God. It's funny because I'm, I'm so stubborn when it comes to, you know, if I have to take any medication or therapy, I'm very old school and stubborn about that, but it's been the, like the best thing that's happened. And I'm so glad now and we just signed Tim up because he's like you know it's hard because none of his friends have gone through so he feels alone and he feels like he doesn't really have any he's like it's different for you Jen because you're a woman and you know women are you know talking about it more um if that even makes sense but no I get that I feel like guys guys don't really talk about their feelings in general so it would really surprise me like if another guy you know I don't know, talked about it with him. And that is, they should talk about it because that's why a lot of men have mental health issues is because they don't talk about their feelings. I know. And didn't you say that? I kind of vaguely remember this. Isn't there like a Facebook group for men? Because did Tim, or or you thought about it? I can't remember now. So yeah, that's the other thing. There's a few groups. I was on like two of them and some of them can get kind of heavy and too much sometimes but that's when the mute button comes in or absolutely you can do what you wish um because some people have more triggers and different triggers than other people like you know when I see blood I still sometimes get kind of worked up and yeah um, doing those COVID tests is kind of similar to a pregnancy test so like seeing that positive and negative can be triggering as well and um but yeah, I think I joined like a secondary infertility because we had Bradley, no problem. Um, right. So we were going through secondary infertility. Um, and that's actually more common than I, than I thought, you know, you think you have a child that it's going to happen easily the second time, third time, fourth time, you know, and it's not always the case and it surprised us. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think there was a male infertility group on Facebook and I might still be in. I think I muted it when we were doing okay. So I needed to like step away from that at that moment. Um, But yeah, being in a group and um, talking about it, it's okay. Because like I said, sometimes you don't know, you would be surprised the people who reach out to you and they're like, you know, I've been going through this too. And it's really nice to feel heard and supported and all those things so I'm glad that there's stuff like that out there because you're right it's like 
you want to feel supported and like you're not the only person going through it. So I'm really glad that there's stuff out there. And I do like when you said, um, you know, you know, when we're doing okay about it, I press mute because that's a good boundary you're setting with yourself. You're like, okay, I'm in a good headspace right now. You know, if I need to turn this back on or off, like it's completely fine. And that's such a good boundary that you set for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't want to, if you do become pregnant and you're getting further along and things are working out, like you don't want that to stress you out. You do, you got to do what's for you and absolutely see those things. So, um, yeah, the groups and just talking about it, I still follow like a handful of people to this day of people who miscarried around the same time I did, or people who had babies the same time that I did. And you have that connection and that group of people who have gone through, you know, COVID babies and COVID pregnancies and, um, not having that support, having that support. So it's super helpful. That's good. I'm so glad that, you know, you found something that, you know, helps support you. And, um, if you were to give like advice or tips to a couple going through either infertility, miscarriages, you know, struggling to get pregnant, what would your advice to them be? Don't assume, um, that it's going to happen right away. Just try to relax. I would just, like I said, the one thing I hated the most was just stop trying, just Mm. relax. It'll happen, blah, blah, blah. And I hate to even, like I said, I hate that. I hated hearing that so much. Um, but it's true. Like for, like I said, for us in our situation, when we, cause like I said, it became so stressful that it was affecting our marriage and, um, just our daily life. We were just angry and frustrated and sex wasn't really as fun as it should, you know, it should be right. totally. Um, just, I would say, just try to relax. Um, but also have that community and have the people, you know, if you know, I don't want to say like reach out to, yeah, I mean, just be open about it. And yes, definitely. Um, people will reach out if they're in a good space to do so. Um, like it took me a while to talk about it and um, it, it just took me a while to get where I am today. Um, but now like I have no problem, you know, giving advice and talking about everything that we went through and yeah, I would just say relax and (laughs) just enjoy life and have that community. So, yes, no, that's really good advice. Um, no, this was, this is a powerful, strong, um, very, I don't even know the correct terms, but just very, uh, I don't know, powerful, very, very encouraging. Cause like your story, I mean, you went through the battle and you have your two boys and you know, it's, I know I gave you a mouthful. I gave you the whole, the no, whole story is, of my life. <laughs> no, this is so helpful though. And like I said, I know that someone out there will hear it and be like, oh my gosh, like I already know a few people that are, I'm going to send this to. And I'm sure they'll see it on my social media, but I know that they're going to be like, holy shit, like I can completely relate to this. Um, And so I really can't thank you enough for sharing your story, being so vulnerable. Um, 
like I said, it's your, you and Tim are such strong individuals. And as a couple, you are a powerhouse, truly. And I just love you guys so much. And I love Bradley and Levi so much. They're so freaking cute. Um, any, any last things before we play our game? Um, just for the guys, like if you're going through the infertility with your, your partner and, um, just because she's physically going through it, you feel it too, you know, like the men feel it, um, you know, whether they're seeing what you're going through or, you know, they're feeling like maybe it's my fault or, you know, your feelings matter. And just as much as us women, even though we're going through it, um, right. but it's okay to talk about it. I know it's hard and, um, yeah, it's, it's just good to talk about it and yeah. Get your resource or find your resources and use yeah. them. That's what I would say. Like yeah. just from hearing your story is use your resources, do what helps, you know, your coping. Yeah. Um, exactly. And definitely um, just do anything you can to push through and see the light at the end of the tunnel, I guess yeah. is kind of a cheesy way to say it, but no, it's um, true. Just do what makes you happy, whether it's like I said, for me, what helped was journaling and yeah, talking about it and being open about it and finding that support. So that helped me the most. <laughs> I love that. I love journaling. That's, that's a great tip. It is. Um, are you ready for our game? I think so. Okay. So it's called this or that. So just pick between one thing or the other. Okay. Okay. So the first one is margarita or wine. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, hmm. I'm going to have to say wine. Yeah. Wine. I'm going to have to say wine. Yeah. Um, the next one's pizza or pasta. Oh, that's like the oh, hardest one. I knew it. Um, <laughs> oh gosh, like pizza is great, but I, I love pasta in all the ways. So pasta. Pasta. Mm-hmm. All right. If you could only online shop for the rest of your life or in-person shop, which one would you choose? Oh, online for sure. Like I know that can be a struggle, like doing the returns if it doesn't yes. fit, but it's just easy and it is. it's so convenient and you have two little kids it's yeah online all the way online <laughs> love it yeah. um would you rather create a new language or create a new holiday holiday I feel like we have too many languages and I only know one <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh yeah no That's... definitely new holiday would that be cool yeah that would be cool like, there's just too many languages I do so many it's, it's very great I wish I could speak at least one more but it's all yeah. good mm-hmm. would you rather travel to Europe or a tropical island oh tropical island all the way Europe would be fun but I just I love the beach and yes beach bums full mm-hmm. life full life um, would you rather have no sex for two years or no phone for two years? No phone for two years. I get so wrapped up. In, I feel like we all get wrapped up in our phones yeah. that, yeah, no phone. It would be so <laughs> nice to break from it. I agree. Yeah. Okay. This one is interesting. Would you rather have your whole body glow pink when you're attracted to someone or 
glow red when someone annoys you? Oh, that is very interesting. I guess pink, that would be fun. Right? You'd be like, hey. I, I, red, I, I'd be all the time. <laughs> same, same. Everyone annoys me all the time. Yeah, no, pink, that would be fun. I know, I love that question. When I saw that, I was like, oh, yes. Yeah, good one. This one is interesting too. Would you rather have eyes that film everything or ears that record everything? Ooh. My gut wants to say eyes to record everything. Yeah. I feel like the ear would be kind of a an earful. Yeah. Like I'd rather, I'd rather see everything, I guess. See, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because then you could like relive memories, right? Touche. There you go. Love it. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have lights on or off if you walked into the to a room that was full of snakes? Oh, so come maybe- on. So like on, cause you could see them, but if you yeah. had them off, then you could walk in and you wouldn't know until one like maybe came at you. Um, yeah. Cause I want to get the hell out of there. So I want to see where that door is. <laughs> so I'm going to say lights on. Lights on. That's <laughs> get fair. me out of here. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, okay. Would you rather travel the world for free for one year or be given 50k to spend on anything if I could travel the world with like no worries of like home like schooling like Mm. all the daily life stuff like money be an issue or yeah I would say travel I want to see all the things and I don't get out much so yeah (laughs) yeah that would be Yeah, that is a good one. Would you rather direct a movie or a music video? I'd say direct a movie. Yeah, I would say direct a movie. I don't know why. Because if they, if I don't like how they're singing, that would annoy me. And I mean, acting too, I guess. But But you could do something crazy for a movie you know like you could do so many crazy things it would be really neat I agree comedy porn like (laughs) right right yeah would you rather have a personal housekeeper or personal driver oh I see you didn't put a cooking one in there Hmm. I didn't because I knew you love cooking (laughs) um okay so a driver house cleaner you said yeah housekeeper Oh, housekeeper. I don't mind. I love driving. Yeah. I love driving. Yeah. Cause when we went to Tennessee, that was like a 14 hour and I did it straight there and I loved every second of it. Oh my God. I don't know if I could do it. That's long. I can't keep up with the housekeeping stuff, the laundry, the dishes. Oh, that would be so, oh, yep. Even with just me and Tyler, I'm like, oh, the dish, like we have a dishwasher, which is whatever, but even laundry and it's annoying. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to fold this shit. It just sits there. And all the dust. Where did all this dust come from? The dust. Dusting, (laughs) I think is, I don't know about you, but I feel like my mom dusts. Like it's like an older generation thing that they do constantly. I don't really dust. When I see something dusty, I'm like, oh shit, I probably should do something. And then I forget. See, that's (laughs) what I'm saying. Like I'll, I'll look in the you know, in my bedroom right now, and I'm looking at the curtains. I'm like, how is that done? Like, oh, 
it's Where'd crazy. It, yeah. it really is. Um, okay, the next one is, would you rather have the ability to control weather or talk to animals? Oh, I really want to know what animals say. Yes. I really do. Like, birds are probably annoying, but, like, the dogs and the cats and, like, all these little critters. Yeah. What are you, what are you saying? I want to know. I would be very curious too. I think it would be really cool. But then to be able to control weather would also be so cool because if it was like you were inside all, or no, if you were at work and it's like nice and sunny outside, you're like, I want to just go outside. So you could like make it rain. And then like the uh, second you get outside, you could like crank it up to like sunny. That is know. a good one. But I, I would love the ability to talk to animals. I think it would be super cool. Like, I just wonder what, like, we have a dog and I wonder what he, he's just such a goof. I want to know what wow, he thinks. Yes. He's so cute. I so love cute. him. Um, <laughs> and then I always like to end up, end at the, I don't know, cute one, I guess. I don't even know what I'm saying. Sunrise or sunset? Oh, sunset because sunrise, I'm never, I'm never up. I, I love sleep and I mean, I'm sure it's beautiful every day, but <laughs> give me that sunset yeah. or sunset rather. Yeah. No, that's a good one. That's yeah. A good one. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Jen, I can't thank you enough for sharing your story with us. It was so incredibly powerful. And I know that so many people were going to spread awareness about this and just make it so not so taboo because it really shouldn't be taboo. So I can't thank you enough for being here today with me and podcasting. It was such a great conversation. Please let everyone know where they can connect with you. So I do have Instagram, probably not Facebook. Cause you know, that's more for, you know, like family and friends, yeah. and, uh, but Instagram. Yeah. Um, I'm on there and I think it's set as private, but yeah, if you need someone to talk to about, you know, all the life things um, that we talked about, then I'm here. I'm here to listen. I'm here to help you as much as I can and make you feel not so alone if you're going through any of that. So I'm here. Definitely. Well, thank you. And what is your handle? Is it Jen, Jennifer Dowd? Gosh, or Jen? Um, what? I can't remember. I think it's Jennifer, but I could be wrong. Yeah, no, I think it's Jennifer Dowd. I think it's just my name. Let's see. Yeah, Jennifer and then like two underscores, right? And then Dowd. Perfect. Awesome. So I'm there. Like I said, it may be private, but go ahead. (laughs) Love it. I'm I'm there. I'm there. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Jen. This was so much fun to chat with you and I love you. I love you. Thank you for having me. Thank you all for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Jen. I honestly am so glad to have shared her story and just the strong and brave person that she and her husband are. And like I said, they're such a powerhouse couple and I love them. And thank you so much, Jen, again, for sharing your incredible story. Please go connect with her. Send this to someone going through infertility, miscarriage, struggling to get pregnant, I'm sure and I hope that it will help someone out there and thank you so much for listening. You know where to connect with me at My Naked Mindset on all of your social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Um, I'm on TikTok and also I have a new Facebook group called 
my Naked Mindsetter, so please request to join that. I look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye!